you talk about sacrifice, right? And the, the way people think about sacrifice as, you know, limiting what you're able to do and somehow maybe even dampening the experience that you have in your life. But again, the opposite has been true with, with this change. And there's been a lot more joy, a lot more happiness. Welcome to the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This is Joshua Spodek. We bring you leaders acting on their environmental values because too many people told me, I want to act, but if others don't, then what I do won't matter. We're here to make it obvious that you're not alone. You're part of a global community, a majority. Also, too many people told me, doing small things doesn't make enough of a difference and big things take too much work. Action matters more than the size you start with. You'll hear how action motivates guests from small things to doing big things. You won't find guilt, blame, doom, gloom, or telling people what to do. You will find leading without relying on authority, which brings what I found missing from acting on environmental values. Joy, discovery, growth, community, meaning, purpose, value, sharing. With global demand for environmental action, I bet you'll see that acting on your values doesn't distract from your life and career. Following these leaders' footsteps and beyond enjoying the environment, I bet you'll see promotions, raises, more loyalty and trust in your relationships, and more. Danny got rid of a car, and he chose to do that while he was in Texas. Yes, he moved to Europe, to Antwerp, which is a bike-friendly city, but you know it's a big deal. It was a car that he loved, and it was while starting a marriage. That's not exactly the time people start experimenting with new things in life. And yet he described it as joy, as happiness, as discovery. And also, I think, not that big of a deal. I think a lot of people would imagine getting rid of a car would be a life-changing event, and I think it improved his life, but not a huge difference. I could go on, but I don't think I can match Danny talking about his experience getting rid of the car himself. You'll also hear about the problems, like the rain story, for example. So it wasn't trivial, it was a challenge. Well, let's listen to Danny talk about it. I think it went pretty well. Welcome to the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This is Josh, I'm here with Daniel Bauer. Daniel, how are you doing? Josh, I'm doing wonderful, and thank you so much again uh, for inviting me on the show. I, I find it to be a, a great honor, and I love this discussion that we're about to have. Well, I'm flattered and honored myself, and uh, now it's interesting that you thank me for something that requires you taking on a challenge. Some people would say they don't want that. Uh, and so if you don't mind, my jump, actually, there's a, you've taken on a challenge that is in some ways bigger than most people because you're getting rid of a car. Now, on the other hand, it's in the middle of, uh, or you're moving to a place where probably cars aren't really that necessary. On the other hand, on the other other hand, you're, you're, it's involving uh, a newlywed or a new wife and a big move. And I imagine these things can be really stressful. And so I'm really curious how this, a lot of people would say, put off a big challenge for later. Don't do a big challenge. You're thanking me. What's going on? How, did th- how are things working out? It's been a while. Yeah, especially, you know, you mentioned the, the new marriage. So you don't want too much change. At least that's what people uh, coach you through and the, the advice that they love to give. Uh, however, you know, this, this was something that I, I thought aligned. Um, you know, you talk a lot about values uh, and aligning with your values um, yes, in Antwerp, Belgium, a lot of people don't have cars and they rely on public transportation and bikes. Uh, but in the same breath, um, traffic is rampant and uh, everybody, you know, majority of people do have cars. 
Uh, in fact, you know, our parking lot is full. So the condo we ended up renting has a spot for a car. So it was sort of assumed um, that, you know, we would be driving. Uh, but for me, I wanted to to take on this challenge. Uh, like I said, it aligned with my values. Uh, but also, you know, I read leadership step by step. And, and uh, you know, we've been in contact. And, and so this has been a, a fun experiment. Uh, and it's been a very rewarding one as well. Okay, so it, first of all, I'm smiling because you said you, you talked about the book, Leadership Step by Step. <laughs> and uh, uh, so can you tell me, that, what are the facts of what happened? You, you, you moved, you, you sold the car. Was it, I mean, did you still have discussions to go on? Walk me through from last time until now, just the highlights. Yeah, we sold two cars because we moved from Texas where cars are king for sure. Uh, you know, <laughs> Everywhere is just a bunch of big roads, big trucks, you know, and that's what they say. Everything's bigger in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the funny thing is, is we sold my relatively big car, which was an Acura RDX. I miss you. I love you, Acura. <laughs> and then uh, Miriam, she had a much uh, smaller, tinier and cute car, the to- Toyota Yaris. Uh, so we got rid of both of those. Uh, move, making an international move is expensive. So, I mean, we explored all the options, sending the cars over along with our stuff, uh, selling the cars and buying cars here. Um, but we also mapped out the, the public routes um, for her to get to work. I work from home. Uh, she's working at the University of Antwerp. And we thought that we could make it work relying solely on buses, trams, uh, taxis if we had to, and then and bikes. Uh, so that's that's what we decided to do, and it's it's been a great change. You know, a lot of times you talk about uh, sacrifice, right? And the the way people think about sacrifice as you know limiting what you're able to do, and somehow maybe even dampening the experience that you have in your life. Uh, but again, the opposite has been true with with this change, uh, and there's been a lot more joy, a lot more happiness, and. Uh, even though we're not talking about food, getting rid of cars here has led to delicious in a different way, but just the deliciousness of enjoying life. Part of it may be your values and you're, and you're thinking, I love not polluting, say, and, or you know, not taking up all the space and not being dangerous to others. And maybe others who didn't have the same values might do the same things, feel the same sensations, but not feel as, as joyful as you. Any, any sense of, is it any, all of these or any, any one of them? Yeah, I think it's a mixed bag there. I mean, definitely, you know, you talked about uh, being reminded what it was like to be a, be a kid, but um, sure, uh, to values in terms of, of the environment and not um, wanting to, to pollute. And, you know, I'll be interested. We should have this conversation again in, in a few years, especially if Miriam and I have kids. That's the only situation where I could think of being very tempted to potentially buy a car again. And I'm sure it just needs some creative thinking, but it has to do with, I don't know, just the, I guess, convenience and safety and, and that kind of thing. Uh, but I do, I do feel just more connected uh, to other people and the earth in, in some type of way, because it, it's me making the bike move. You know, if, if that makes sense. Um, 
it makes me think of something that I've, I've put my, it's a nuance and a subtlety that I hope comes across here. Maybe it's obvious to other people, but it was a nuance to me that we, as a society, we generally look down at people who are self-righteous. And I, I also, I don't like people being self-righteous. I get really annoyed by them. Mm-hmm. But when I do stuff that I, when I change to live consistently with my values, I, there, I won't deny there's a feeling of self-righteousness. But other people, I think people think it's like I'm judging them, but I'm not. I'm mm-hmm. self-righteous, over, self-righteous over myself in the past, a, a me in the past that chose, say, comfort and convenience over, you know, um, my uh, taking responsibility for my, how my behavior impacts others. And that self-righteousness over me, uh, uh, I can, what is self-improvement if not changing something about yourself and saying this is better than that was in the past? And I like that feeling. Now, okay, so everything sounds so positive. Everything sounds so emotionally uh, joyful and fun and simple. Any challenges? Anything is, I mean, have you gotten stuck in the rain? Have you gotten a flat tire? Has anything happened that is, uh, or has been anything, is it, has it just been all positive? No, I'll, I'll, give you a ch- I'll give you some challenges. I want to give you one more positive though. And because for me, uh, how I spend my money, you know, and how I, how I, I guess, budget and use it in a way that I think is responsibly that aligns with my values. And so the other, the other positive, either going to the market and buying the produce, like you could get three uh, little packages of, of raspberries for three euros, that amount of raspberries in the grocery store would probably easily cost 12 to 15 euros minimum. Uh-huh. And so it's, it's cheaper, but the same thing with the bike too. And I love that, you know, in terms of not having the car, the gas, the maintenance, the insurance, it's so much, so much cheaper as well. So that's another positive, but in terms of challenges, yes. I mean, you are at the mercy of the elements. Uh, I can't run into a, the car and stay dry and that sort of thing. Um, I had a terrible moment <laughs> where we were at, we were out, our friends flew from uh, Texas, our first visitors, uh, Coco Sinanji. So shout out to them. They flew from uh, Texas to Brussels uh, for a conference because Coco's Miriam, they're epidemiologists. So you can imagine like eating uh, fruit from the, the farmer's hands was a bit of a stretch for her because she didn't know if those hands were clean, <laughs> clean or not. But she got over that, that hurdle. Uh, anyways, um, yeah, they, they, came to, they came to visit and, um, you know, that was, that was a wonderful time. Uh, but we were waiting for the train because, you know, you could ride your bike from uh, Antwerp to Brussels, but it was going to take a little bit longer. And, oh, my gosh, Josh, we could have used the car. We would have just hopped in the car. We would have gotten there. We would have been dry. Maybe it would have been easy to park by the hotel. I don't know. But we had to wait for that train, and it poured. And it poured harder, Josh, than I've ever experienced in my life. Wait, it was it, it was an open-air station, but there was no roof? The, so we were waiting for uh, uh, the train to get to the central station to go from Antwerp to Brussels. So we were out at the corner in our neighborhood. Uh, so there was uh, a bit of a covering, but again, Josh, you have never seen rain like this <laughs> and I've never seen it since. So this was a freak thing, but everybody that could huddle under the very limited amount of covering, they were there. Uh, and that didn't include Miriam and myself. Now that's not so bad. But uh, we did have umbrellas. However, most of our rain gear hadn't been shipped uh, to Antwerp from the States yet. 
and I was okay. And yes, my feet were getting a little bit white and my clothes maybe a little bit white, but we were still huddled under that umbrella. And then Josh, the wind blew <laughs> and it was a gust that was so forceful. You know, when the umbrella actually inverts and now it's, it's totally lost its use as an umbrella that happened. And we got soaked. I mean, just absolutely drenched. And it was more than I could handle. And uh, I had a moment when I, we've had a few meltdowns, you know, (laughs) trying to navigate integrating into a new culture. That was my meltdown moment. And I ran back to my apartment. And I'm not afraid to say, I started to cry. I was so upset, man. I even bent the umbrella a bit (laughs) Uh and threw it to the side to let it die a, 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 you know, slow, shameful death because it totally didn't work as an umbrella. But that was terrible. And if I didn't have a car that, you know, if I did have a car that never would have happened. And that was really rough. Um, You know, Definitely not proud of that moment. We were able to talk it out and, and uh, re- regroup. We made it to Brussels. We had a lovely time at a Greek restaurant that night. Uh, but yeah, that never would have happened. And so now, you know, the elements will happen. We, we're more prepared. We have uh, some some rain gear that makes it easier uh, and some sturdier umbrellas. And so you also you also have to work on your mindset. I know in, in, in the leadership step-by-step book, you talk about rain, you talk about snow and thinking back to when you were a kid and the emotions you had at that time was, this is fun. Let's go play in the puddles. Let's play in the snow. We can build snowmen and throw snowballs, all that kind of stuff in the sport too. So why am I getting so ridiculously frustrated that it's raining or it's snowing? Uh, I didn't have that <laughs> at that moment when it was raining so hard, but I try to take that approach now even as we're recording this podcast, and I looked at that it's uh, drizzling outside, um, I've been able to navigate the the smaller downpours. But man, that one day it was it was rough. So that yeah, that's the biggest you, challenge. Yeah. If you went back in time to if you could go back in time to Texas, would you have started this then? Uh, so that makes me think of even more preparation too, right? Because Texas is so hot, and would there be a shower and that sort of stuff? Those facilities at work or a gym near work prior to getting there. And the, the honest answer, Josh, is maybe, you know, I'd have to think uh, more about it. And maybe that would also then influence where I lived, right? Um, so that it's not necessarily as far as I, as I was from uh, where I worked. That would have made it more difficult too with uh, dating and courting Miriam because she lived in uh, Galveston when I was in Houston. So making that drive, you know, was much more convenient than biking that (laughs) I wouldn't have been able to see here as frequently. Are you enjoying meeting this guest? Are you thinking about what you care about? I recommend making it active. Think about what you could do, not just analyze and plan, not do what others tell you to, but to live by your values. You'll enjoy your results. People will follow you more than you think, and you'll impact more than you expect. Go to joshuaspodek.com slash podcast for examples of what others have done. So let's say... Uh not getting rid of the car necessarily, but biking a lot more. I think so. Process. Yeah. And you know, and I, and I took it out a bit. I ran a lot more on the Bayou trail, which is an incredibly beautiful trail uh, that I used to live off of in Houston. Uh, so I'd bike there occasionally, but I, I ran there a lot. Uh, I, I did the Galveston half marathon last year. So that was the place where I trained the most. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I think I, you know, it would have been nice uh, to definitely integrate into my, my life a lot more. Okay. So yeah, I think I'm trying to get, you know, if someone's at home and they're like, Oh, well, I don't live in Antwerp. I don't live in, in Europe. It might be more challenging, but you can start with what you can start with. That's why I'm so big on doing something because if I, if you don't mind my editorializing about what you've described about yourself and correct me if, if, if I get anything off, but once you start doing it, you start figuring out, yeah, you hit these issues of like, it's a big rainy day one time. Maybe you'll hit a flat tire the worst time or something like that. And, but then you figure it out. And then, you know, if you live in a culture where that's not standard, you're going to have to figure out more things than others, but that doesn't mean you can't figure it out. And generally on the other side of it, you feel better. I think so. I mean, working through any type of challenge, the perseverance and the lessons learned is always a satisfying thing for me. You know, if you think about uh, reading a difficult text and understanding what it's saying to playing a video game, to leading an organization, any challenge that I've overcome, shoot, even the challenges that have defeated me, you know, I've learned something about myself that's made me a a better person. So, uh, you know, I agree with you there um, 100%. And and also, too, to the listeners, yeah, take action. Start small and then expand. You know, in America, I think there's many, many different types of uh, park reserves and and trails that are created uh, because maybe the biking isn't as ingrained in terms of a commuting culture, uh, but in terms of a lifestyle and uh, for fitness, I think there's there's a lot there. Um, Chicago, you know, (laughs) you're probably just as likely to get hit by a car or by a biker if you're out on, uh, on, on the lake trail, you know, those guys are ruthless out there. So, but, but they're made right. So people can enjoy those types of passions. And, and that, that aligns to another value too, is just, um, the, the fitness aspect of it is really nice to see results in terms of, uh, you know, leaning out just because I'm never in a car now and everywhere I go, it has to be powered by me. And that leads to some physical results that, uh, I enjoy, and so does Miriam. I bet the food is a big part of that too. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Cool. And two questions about me. One is I think that, that uh, there, I think of in, in physics language or in math, I'm thinking of the slope. And so your slope sounds like it's, it's like mine. And then it's just a matter of time before uh, you get to, I, I think, I, I have a feeling you're going to, like you talked about electronics and, and energy use. And I think that there's more to come. Uh, you also mentioned that you think of me with when you're trying to not pollute as much or trying to not produce as much garbage. We also thinking of me and here, maybe I don't want to know the answer, but when you were in the rain, we like, oh, Josh, <laughs> he's the reason for all this. No, when I, no, when I had my meltdown, the only thing I could think of was who creates this rain? <laughs> Why is it destroying my life? Um, but, you know, I have thought of you in smaller, smaller moments uh, when I've had victories and I've, a, I've been able to change those emotions, you know, like you talk about in, in the model and the method. Um, and that's been cool. You know, you're going to see this, I hope, uh, when you do meet with my clients. But we, w- we would talk about that. You know, we did the exercises. They're very practical mm-hmm. uh, and the reflections. And then we would share, um, you know, uh, what, what, what we experienced. And we're still, we're still in the process of doing that. Uh, so in some of those smaller moments, I think, um, yeah, when I've been victorious, but when I hit that point, when I'm having a meltdown, my brain's not even really working. I'm more of a, you know, an animal at that point, the the lizard brain is definitely (laughs) taking over and I'm just trying to, uh, survive, I guess. Well, I'm, 
I, it's gratifying to hear that you think of me when, when things go well, but I have to say, and I want to point out to listeners, he's not just reading the book, he's doing the exercises and, and reflecting on them afterward, which is a major piece of, of the value of the book. So I recommend getting the book. I really recommend doing the exercises and then reflecting afterward. And in particular, what you're talking about here, well, I, I want to point out that I didn't do any of these. I gave you the exercises, but I didn't do any of the exercises. So I'm happy to be associated with, with these victories that you described, but I didn't do it. You did. So I give it, I give it all back to you. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> so wrapping up, uh, is there anything I didn't think to ask to add that's worth bringing up? No, I just want to encourage the listeners. Like you said, you know, I, I mentioned um, starting small and you challenge them to go big if you can. So uh, I think in both those threads, it's just the idea of taking action and uh, you can do it. So whatever that is, you can make the world a, a better place and, and in doing so, you're going to find that your life is so much more rewarding, right? So I just, I love that, that, that line that you have that now you experience delicious. I just, yeah, it's just such a great phrase. It's stuck with me. Um, but it's a positive one. It's a playful one. It's, you know, it's a, it makes me happy just even hearing that word. And so uh, listeners, you can have a delicious life as well and just encourage you to take action on whatever that change uh, might be. Yeah. And their change might not be your change. It might be a different one. Absolutely. But it's whatever it is for them, that's what is delicious for them. So my last question was going to be any, any message for the listeners, but you just gave one. And uh, I'll ask it just because I always do just, was that any other messages for the listeners? You know, you got the book, like Leadership Step by Step. Uh, and then I'm, I'm reading one with clients right now, Never Split the Difference. And, you know, on, on paper, they might look like one thing in terms of teaching leadership or uh, with Never Split the Difference on negotiation. But at the core, they're, they're really about relationships and they're about listening. And so I think those, those are overlooked, uh, depending on, on what kind of position you might have within an organization where you find yourself in life. But I would just uh, I encourage the listeners to, to not forget about people and, and figure out ways to connect with them in, in more meaningful ways and to really, truly listen and put everything else aside. And, and you're going to experience a life that's just so much richer, richer and so much more delicious. <laughs> I love that you ended with that. And uh, thank you very much. Um, I want to leave the door open. You said in a couple of years you want to revisit this. We'll be in touch anyway. But if, if in a shorter period than, ta- than that, things come up that you want to share for this community, please, you know, let's, let's do uh, another episode. And I... Well, we'll be in touch. I'm, I'm happy to hear about what's going to come up. I'll probably share it with listeners and other podcasts or things like that. Um, any things about you that people should know about? Blog page, blogs to read or podcasts to listen to, things like that? Yeah, you can find most of my stuff at betterleadersbetterschools.com. And so that focuses mostly on education and leadership. But I do work with uh, small business owners and help them work the steps through a system to uh, make sure that they get profit and run a tightly organized uh, business. But yeah, go to betterleadersbetterschools.com and uh, check out that content. I think you'll find it valuable even if you're not in education. Uh, but if you consider yourself a leader and feel free to reach out, you know, through the webpage, if there's any, any you know, ever a time I can help you out, whatever that is, please uh, send me that question. I'd love to help. And the groups that you, that you lead, are they uh, filled or do you pick up new ones periodically? Uh, the school leader ones, I, I'm, I'm at half capacity, you know, I'm, I'm building this um, up. And so I think I have room for about, uh, I want to get to 60 clients. I have 35. Um, 
And then with the small business, that's just starting the coaching there and uh, got a lot of room to, to serve small business owners. So I, I just can't wait to fill up those groups. Um, they're going to, it's going to be a blast and just see people, you know, living out whatever dream they have. They found, they saw a problem, they found a great solution, but then to actually profit from it and not let the business run their lives, you know, and live a life in chaos, but to actually have this freedom and work on their business instead of in it. Uh, really excited to help out a lot of people that way. So that's for people. If someone is listening, they think this is something I want to do. And I want to learn from someone who looks at rain and laughs. And <laughs> most of the time, sometimes I melt down. I am human. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing is like starting a company, you're going to melt down. I mean, whether you're Zuckerberg or Gates or whatever, Sergey and Larry, there's no question in my mind that they had their rain, their tears and so forth. And you want to learn from someone who's been through that and learn how to laugh afterward. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, can, that's one of the, the missions I'm, I'm working on. I'm playing with uh, mission statements right now, but I like that idea of being able to laugh at challenges, right? And to uh, gather in community. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, persevere. So I, I like that description quite a bit. So I recommend working with him. All right. And with that, uh, I'm going to wrap up and I look forward to sharing another episode with you at some point. And in the meantime, good luck with keeping things going. Thanks for having me on the show, Josh. I can't help but mention that I love that he put the lessons from my first book, Leadership Step-by-Step, into practice in his life. I also noticed he saved money. He handled the friend's visit in the rain. Did he sound unhappy? I don't think he did. In fact, it reminds me of this old phrase that I came up with myself. People who suck at things tell you how great they are. People who are awesome tell you about the disasters that got them there. So I think the life experiences benefited him. On a personal level, when Danny decided to get rid of the car, that was a big moment for me on this podcast that someone was taking on a challenge bigger than most people consider. I'm really glad this worked out for him. I hope that people listening, if you want to take on a challenge like this, let me know. I'd love to put you on the podcast because I think people benefit from doing things like this. And I hope to bring out the leader in all the listeners because we can use leadership in this area. People crave it and the opportunities are there. Does hearing leaders acting on their values make you think of yours? Nothing will make you feel better than acting on them. Value means better. Acting on your values means improving your life. Committing publicly helps many people and builds community too. If you want, click on Commit to a Personal Challenge to share what you do with this community. You'll be a leader among leaders. We're more than a podcast. We're a movement to share how acting on environmental values means fun, joy, growth, and so on, not sacrifice or deprivation. If you want to join or help, contact me at josh at spodak.net or at joshuaspodak.com slash podcast. You'll grow as a leader, you'll enjoy yourself, and the world and your communities will thank you for it. 